Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, This Just Don't Make Sense. In the sermon series, We Win. We're glad you're here. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Amen. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell therein. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He is the King of glory. God, help us today that we may hear your voice, that you may speak on this morning. We know you are great, you're awesome, you're wonderful. Bless us now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The gospel according to Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Luke 23, I'm sorry, verse 39, amen. Luke 23, 39. And if you're able to stand, please stand in reverence to the reading of God's word. Amen. Some ringing in it, Momo. Amen. Some ringing. Amen. Luke 23, 39. Amen. We're preaching from the sermon series, We Win. And we're going to be preaching um, from some moments at the cross. Last week we saw how Jesus was labeled as the king of the cross. This week, we want to take another view, vantage point from the cross. Amen. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God? seeing you are under the same condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach from the topic, this just don't make sense. This just don't make sense. A few years ago, my daughter, Micaiah, she asked me a very interesting question. She said, why do your fingers have fingertips, but your toes don't have toe tips? Yet you can tip toe, but not tip finger. Y'all want me to say it again? Why do your fingers have 
fingertips, but your toes don't have toe tips. Yet you can tip toe, but you cannot tip finger. Just don't make sense. As I was perusing through the theology side of Facebook, <laughs> one of my friends, Dr. Tracy Blackman, gave a great story. She said after returning her car at the airport to the rental car station, she hopped on a shuttle to the terminal. And when she arrived, the, the driver quickly began to unload other people's luggage. However, she grabbed her own luggage from the rack and tipped the woman on her way off the shuttle. When she had placed the money in the driver's hand, the driver replied, I haven't done anything. Dr. Blackman said it was in that moment that she was able to see grace at work. We haven't done anything yet, but grace met us when we opened our eyes this morning. And it just doesn't make sense to give a gift of grace to someone that does not deserve it. I wish I had a witness here. It just don't make sense. It's at Calvary's cross where we see grace on display. Each Sunday, we reflect on the instrument of torture called the cross. Pastor Tolan Morgan suggests that here at the foot of the cross, we would notice the final meeting of God incarnate, Satan incarnate, and humanity. We see God on the cross in Jesus. One thief declares, if you, the same words of Satan, if you are the son of God, come down. So Satan is present in this moment. And humanity in the, uh, in the other thief who admits his guilt and acknowledges his need for Jesus the Christ. Heaven, hell, and earth are meeting for the last time. One thief looks at Jesus and declares, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, it's not recorded, but this thief may have lived a life that was reckless, careless, and sinful. He may have been doing whatever pleased his fleshly desires in if, if he was, and, and, and if he was a thief, my mother would say, if you steal, you a lie. Y'all must know my mama. And if you lie, you a, you, you a cheat. I wish I had a witness here. So, so he, he has entered the last hours of his life, and just before he dies, he asks Jesus for a favor. Remember me. Now, now, I don't have a problem with the criminal's request, uh, but my problem is with Jesus' response. His response just didn't make sense. Here is a convicted criminal being crucified on the cross who asks for a favor of Jesus to remember him when he enters his kingdom. And Jesus' response is, no problem. I got you. I looked at the third chapter of John, and Nicodemus is a Pharisee, and he goes to Jesus and asks him about the kingdom of God, and Jesus tells him, you must be born again. 
I wish I had a witness here, which means you must uh, change your heart. Your heart must be regenerated. Your passion must change, and your love for God must be unlimited. When Nicodemus asks, how can he get in? Jesus says, you must be born again. Luke chapter uh, 18, it's a rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and asks him, how can he inherit the kingdom of God? And he, Jesus asks him, do you follow the law? Yes, I follow all of the law. But then Jesus tells him, go sell everything that you have. Jesus knew this young man loved his possession more than he loved God. But here was my problem. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. The rich young ruler lived the law. And Jesus' response to them is, change your ways. But to the criminal who broke the law, Jesus' response to him is, I got you. Y'all not feeling me? You, don't, you, you must not read the Bible like I do. I, I don't know. This is how I just read this story. I looked at how Jesus responded to others about the kingdom of God. And now on the cross with a convicted, self-admitting uh, criminal on the cross, he asks for grace to get into the kingdom. And Jesus says, I got you. I know many of you are just like me, wondering how can this thief do whatever he wants throughout his entire life, and then in the last moments of it, in his dying moment, he gets grace from God in order to enter into the kingdom of God. I wish I had a witness. Now, now when I was reading this, and after I came to my conclusion, God had to convict me. I wish I had a witness here. God had to remind me that it was him who saved me from dying. I wish I had a witness here. It, it was him that did not allow the skeletons in my closet to get out. I wish I had a witness here. It was him that covered me from everyone from seeing my sins and having my sins written down in the greatest book of all time and sold the most throughout the entire world. Here is a thief on the cross. Says, I feel like preaching now. Remember me. I wish I had a witness here. I wish, anybody, you ever been there before when, when you knew you was wrong? You knew you had sinned against God? You knew you had fallen short of his glory? And all you can say is, God, remember me. Yeah, yes, sir. Re re remember me. I, I know I've messed up. I know I've fallen down. I know I've gone against your word. But God, I need you to remember mean. And we realize by the grace of the Lord, we've come a long way. Jesus Paul's dying just to tell this young man, most assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So I know you all wondering just like I was, why don't why uh, did this not make sense? This, this didn't make sense because Jesus was intentional with his promise. He was intentional with his promise. Here, like Nicodemus, change your heart. The rich young ruler, change your heart. The thief on the cross, I got you. He's intentional because we see the heartless and the cruelty and the mockery of the soldiers and the other religious leaders as they walk by at the bottom of the cross telling Jesus to save himself as he has saved others. 
And while on the cross suffering, Jesus did not utter a cry of pain, nor was he moved to anger, but he lets his heart out in pity for all of the people who are around. And while he did not open his mouth in complaint, he did open his mouth in intercession. I wish I had a witness. He, he, he may not open his mouth and complained about what was going on or how the people was treating him or how he was hanging on the cross or how the pain he was experiencing. He may not open his mouth about that, but the first words that utter out of his mouth while he's on the cross is, Father, forgive them. Yes, sir, because they know not what they do. He intercedes on their behalf when he opens his mouth for the first time. And we need to thank God that we have a Savior that intercedes for us. We have a mediator that goes between God and us and prevents God's wrath on our lives because we have Jesus pleading our case. Jesus is being crucified between these two thieves. In them, we see the different effects of the cross and how it will impact humanity in the preaching of the gospel. One thief is hardened to the end. No troubles of, uh, of this world will ever change a wicked heart. Some people will disregard the pains of the cross before they believe that Jesus is the Christ and the Savior. The other was softened at the end. He was snatched out of the hand of the enemy and, made, uh, and was made able to experience this divine mercy from Jesus Christ. This lesson proves that it is certain that true repentance is never too late. I wish I had a witness here. True repentance is never too late. I know you've been witnessing and talking to your loved one and it does not seem as if they're hearing you. I know you've been telling them about Jesus Christ and it does not seem as if they're hearing you. But even if they get to the point while they're on their deathbed, continue to try to give them the Lord. While one thief only desired to be saved from the cross, and not rescued from eternal damnation. The other thief prays and his request is, Lord, remember me. He was humbled in true repentance. And Christ on the cross is gracious like Christ on the throne. I'm going to say that one more time. Christ on the cross was gracious like Christ on the throne. And though he was in the greatest struggle and agony, he had pity for a sinner who deserved punishment. Jesus hears the request of this thief, but he may have been unable to see these two criminals. If we look at the scenes of the cross and pictures, we will see that that, that, that that is one cross in front and two in the rear. And Jesus is on the cross. He's in the middle of both of these thieves, and he may not have been able to see them directly or look on to them directly. So in order for him to speak to the criminal on the cross, he had to turn himself. I wish I had a witness. He, he, he had to make some movement on the cross. 
He had to give comfort to a criminal and cause discomfort to himself. I wish I had a witness here. I wish I had a witness. He's on the cross, and while he's dying on the cross, he turns and he looks at this thief, and he allows him to be able to be comforted on the cross while Jesus is suffering, and he causes more agony to his body because as he turned, the nails rip. As he turned, the nails tear as he turned the nails pull but he brings comfort even when he had to experience discomfort he's on the cross turns to the thief and I'm so glad my brothers and sisters that the joy of one being converted to a, a believer superseded the pain of the cross for Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, I'm glad that he did it just for me. I wish I had a witness here. I don't know how you feel about it, so I can't speak for you. I can only speak for myself. He did it just for me. He died on the cross. He was, he was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, but by his stripes. I am healed. I make this thing personal today. Jesus looks at him. He says, most assuredly, I say to you. This word, assuredly, is also translated to amen. And amen simply means it will happen. It is so. It is a faithful and confident statement. That's why at the end of all of our prayers, we say amen because we believe everything that we said before will come to pass. Ah, so Jesus says, help him today. He reverses it. He says, amen, at the beginning. I wish I had a witness here. He, he gives the seal on it and the confidence in it and the faith in it that most assuredly I say to you, Jesus was intentional because he wanted to ensure that the other thief didn't get confused about who he was talking to. So he turns himself, looks at the one who has made a confession of faith, believing that he was the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords, and he tells him, he looks at him most assuredly, I say to who? You. Both, both have sinned and both have been judged, but one repents while the other fails to. And our sin is not what keeps us from God. Our problem is our inability to respond to the love of God and repent and change. Not the sin that blocks us from God, but it's our own, our own selves that keeps us from saying, God, I'm sorry. And turning from our wicked ways and turning towards God. We have to learn how to live and how to be who God has called us to be in order to gain what God has already given us. In Bible study, I informed the listeners that grace is like a coupon that must be redeemed in order to gain access to it. Often in the mail, we receive coupons to shop at various stores. And though we may have the coupons in our possession, it is not valid until we give it back to the place that gave it to us. <laughs> because the act of giving it back proves that we trust the promise of the coupon. 
I wish I had a witness here. The act of giving it back, it lets us let the, uh, the place that we give it to know we trust what they had promised on the coupon. And God has given us all grace, but we must trust the promise and give it back to him. God, I trust you. Jesus is intentional in his promise. But then Jesus was immediate with his response to the prayer. It happens immediately. Assuredly, I say to you today. Which means at this very moment. Jesus responds to the man's request without any questions. He does not ask, why should I remember you? He does not question the sincerity of the man's request. He, he does not ask, why wait now before dying to accept God? Because Jesus was only concerned about the heart and the soul of the man, even if it took him calling on his name in the 11th hour. The thief takes advantage of the moment of being in the presence of Jesus. Let me say that one more time. The thief takes advantage of the moment of being in the presence of Jesus. Y'all didn't catch it. Let me take it one more time. The thief takes advantage of being in the presence of Jesus. And the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is. Oh, I feel my help coming now. There is liberty. And whenever I can get in God's presence, I'm not going to leave until I get what I need. I wish I had a witness here. I, 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 it, may, it may be crazy what I ask for. It may not sound uh, right. It may not make sense what I ask for. But if I'm in the presence of Jesus, I'm going to ask him for what I need. Is there anybody that ever know, know what it means uh, to be in God? God's presence and learn how to beg for what you need. He leverages the moment in order to get what he needs while Jesus was able to hear his voice. Jesus answered the man's prayer immediately. Today, not tomorrow, not later on. But, but, but since you have faith right now, I'm going to bless you right now. <laughs> I wish I had a witness here. Do y'all believe in the power of prayer? H have you ever prayed for something? And when you get up off your knees praying, check your email, what you've been praying for had already been answered. I wish I had a witness here. H have you ever prayed for something? You forgot about it, but then when God gave it to you, it blessed you in the moment because it reminded you about what you had prayed for. Have you ever prayed for some healing or deliverance? And then when you go to the doctor, they can't find out what they diagnosed you with in the first place. God has a way of answering your prayer immediately. Yes, Lord. The man proves that salvation happens after faith and confession. There is no waiting period. 
Let, let, me, let me say that one more time. The man proves that, that, that after faith and confession, there is salvation. There is no waiting period. The, yes, Lord, there is no probation period where if you sin too much after faith in Jesus, your salvation will be taken away. But your salvation is immediate and it is true. So when you believe, uh, God saves you in that moment. I know you wouldn't believe me. I got Bible to back up what I'm saying. It's similar to when Peter is on the water walking with Jesus. Jesus come walking on the water and Peter said, Lord, is that you? He said, it is I. And Peter said, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come. Bid me to come to you. Peter gets off the boat. He begins to walk on the waves. And as he's walking towards Jesus, he takes his eye off of Jesus and he begins to look at the wind and the waves. And as he's looking at the wind and the waves, Peter began to sink. I wish I had a witness. He, he began to go down. He began... To, to almost perish. And while he was sinking, the Bible says, uh, and Peter cried out, uh, Lord, save me. Yes, sir, I feel all right now. He cries out, Lord, uh, save me. And when he cried out, Lord, save me, the Bible says Jesus reached down and picked him up. Can I help you and let you see something? Here is Peter walking on the water. He says nothing to Jesus. Jesus says nothing to him. Peter begins to sink. We don't know how long he's sinking. We don't know how long he struggles. We don't know how long he tried to do it himself. We don't know how long he tried to fight the waters all by himself but when he got tired when he couldn't take it anymore when he was sweet when he couldn't handle the water anymore he just began to cry out lord yes sir save me and when he cried out lord save me jesus didn't say no peter try it on your own he didn't say no peter try to swim back to the boat he didn't say no peter you can do this but the bible said immediately he reached down and he picked him up i believe the hymn writer got it right i was seeking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply stained with things seeking to rise no more, but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me now safe, and my love lifted me. Jesus, he's intentional with his promise. He's immediate to answer the prayer. Finally, and I'm finished, he was intimate in his invite to paradise. Just don't make sense. This don't make sense. God on the cross, dying. Criminal on the left and the right. One says, if you are the Christ, get off the cross and take me with you. Another one said, leave him alone. We're receiving what we are justly due because of our deeds. Remember me, Lord. Criminal on the cross says, remember me. Jesus says, too easy. I got you. This day, you will be with me. <laughs> I wish I had a witness. He, he, he says, this day, you will be 
with me. This was, Sean, this, this was so intimate to me because he said, you will be with me. Oh, I feel like shouting now. Be because if you look through the Bible, it always saying, and the Lord will be with you. He tells Joshua, be strong and courageous and do not fear because the Lord will be with you. He tells the disciples, go ye therefore and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and lo, I will be with you. The Bible says, and his name shall be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. But, but... Help us today. But, but when this criminal dies on the cross, he does not say, I'm going to be with you. He's saying, you're going to be with me. Which means wherever I am. <laughs> I wish I had a witness here. Wherever I go, that's where you're going to be. Whatever I am, that's where you shall be. And you're going to be with me. That's so intimate that God invites us to be with him even though we're criminals, even though we've sinned, even though we've done wrong, even though we've gone against his will. He says, come with me. I want to help somebody today. Let you know that it does not matter what you have done does not matter how far you have strayed from the grace of God. His grace will always find you. I wish I had a witness here. I, I, I don't care. I don't care what the sin was. I don't care how, how long you've been out of church. I don't care how long it's been since you have prayed. If you're watching me today, if you're in the building today, grace has found you today. I know, I know, I know it's somebody. You're in here. You're living with that guilt. You're living with that shame. You're living with the guilt of, the, uh, uh, of what you've done, the humiliation of how you got in trouble. But God is telling you today, my grace, it is sufficient for you. God is telling you today, don't worry about it. I got you. God is telling you today, if you come to me, if you give me your burdens, if you lay them at my feet, I'll give you rest for your soul. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.